We are going to open God's Word this morning at the start of uh, end of 2023 and the start of 2024. Who's ready for a new start? <sighs> yeah. I don't know about you. We all come to like, don't you come to like, you're, you're geared up for the excitement of pr- Christmas, right? And it, somehow in less than a week after the excitement of Christmas, you were like dragging to the end of the year, right? I feel that way. That we're dragging, and we are ready for this year to be done. That's why we're so excited for New Year's. You know, it's been a while uh, since I've watched the actual ball drop and the announcers on TV and Dick Clark's New Year's Rocket. Do they still call it that, Dick Clark's? New Year's, he's not doing it anymore, but New Year's Rock and Eve, right? It's been a while since I've watched those, but I, I'm willing to bet if you turn on the TV tonight and watch those announcers they are going to go on and on and on about the new year. And they're going to say how rough this past year was, but they survived it, thank goodness. And they're going to say, now 2024 is here, and it is going to be awesome. And they are going to blather on about how good this next year is going to be. And can I tell you, they have nothing whatsoever to base that on. They have no idea what they're talking about. They're going to say it's so good after they just said this last year was so rough. All we're doing is turning the calendar page. What difference does that make? We like to believe that turning the calendar page makes a difference though, right? That a day matters. I heard, I heard the beginning of this week, there was an influx uh, last week and the beginning of this week of people um, going out to get their marriage licenses. Marriage, uh, did you hear this? Um, because there, today, December 31st, 2023, there are a whole lot of people getting married today, more than usual. You know why? Because they figured out, apparently they all figured this out at the last minute, that the date today is 123123. That's kind of cool, so let's get married on that date. That's sweet, that's special. Can I tell you something? Doesn't set them up for a better marriage. And in fact, it could be worse. If they rushed it just to get married on 123123 and they're not ready for this whole mess called marriage, beautiful mess, but a mess, their marriage could be a, a whole lot worse off, amen? We think a calendar date makes a difference. Can I tell you it doesn't? You say, great, thanks. Happy New Year. <laughs> no, listen, like... This is a good, New Year's is a good time to remember that there's a new start. There's a new start for you and me. We just got to remember it's not the reason for the new start. The reason for the new start is not the turn of a calendar page. Those announcers tonight have no idea what they're talking about. There is no guarantee, no promise in the turning of the calendar page that there's a new thing coming. Oh, but you turn, turn these pages... Oh, there's promise of a new thing. You want to guarantee that a new thing's coming? How about this? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know what that means? Happy new start! You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till an hour from now. You don't have to wait for anything. His mercies are new this morning. This minute, you get a new start. You ready for a new start? He's got one for you. He's got one for you.
And this is a guarantee. Listen, he, he knows what he's talking about. We can trust him. And he's got a guarantee that a new start is available. That, that his mercy and his grace are new this morning for you in your situation, whatever it is. This is what Henry Nouwen says. I love this. Listen to this. We must learn to live each day, each hour, yes, each minute as a new beginning, as a unique opportunity to make everything new. Imagine that we could live each moment as a moment pregnant with new life. Imagine that we could live each day as a day full of promises. Imagine that we could walk through the new year always listening to a voice saying to us, I have a gift for you and can't wait for you to see it. Imagine. Do you know how that, that's, that's how we can walk into this new year? That voice is the voice of the Lord saying, my, new, my mercies are new this morning. I've got a gift for you, and I can't wait for you to see it. So if you are aching for a new start, he's got one. Here's what I want to tell you this morning. How you start matters. Like how we go into a new start matters. So if you're all excited for a new year, you know, flipping a calendar page is fun. It's a good chance to remember that a new start is here. But how you start matters. I'm not the first one to use this example. We've used this several times. But listen, look at it this way. If, if you start on a trip, if you start making a journey, and you are just one degree off, that matters. It doesn't feel like it matters. I mean, you, you travel one foot and you're one degree off of your target, you're going to be like two-tenths of an inch off. Less than that, two-tenths of an inch off. Not a big deal. You go down a football field, one degree off, you get to the end of the football field, five feet off. No, no big deal. Of course, if you go a mile, you'll be 92 feet off your target. By being one degree off, you'll be 92 feet off your target. If you travel from Pittsburgh to New York City and you're off by one degree, you'll be off by six miles. Well, I could, I could drive the other six miles, right? Not a big deal. If you travel the globe from Pittsburgh all the way back to Pittsburgh again, you're going to be off by 435 miles and you'll end up in Canada. One degree makes a difference. Listen, it matters how you start. You say, God's got a new start for me. Great. Let me just sit back and just receive his grace and his mercy that's new this morning. Yes. And listen, it matters how you start. So how do we start well? How do we guard the start? That's what I want to do this morning. That's what I want to look to, is how do we guard the start? Here, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1 this morning. Colossians chapter 1, you can flip there uh, if you want to follow along in your Bibles. If not, the verses are going to be up here on the screen. Colossians 1 starts like this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Coloss, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, 
because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and the love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. So Paul wrote 13 letters in the New Testament and nearly every single letter starts with this. I always thank God. I thank God. I am so grateful to God. I praise God. I thank God. 13 letters and nearly all of them start with thanks. Why? Because gratitude was established in Paul. Remember that word established? We started the fall with that. What has God established in us? What does he long to establish in you? I didn't know an answer to it at the time. Do you one of the things that God has been establishing in me? Gratitude. I didn't know it. We were in pastor's meeting and I was uh, reviewing this message and receiving input from the other brothers, Paul, uh, uh, Phil, and Mark. Paul? No, Paul, Paul's this guy. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> you're no Paul, brother. I love you, but you're no Paul. Uh, Phil and Mark. And, and, and they said, gratitude, man, that is something that is established in you. That's been your thing for a while now. I said, has it? I didn't know that. I didn't know that, that was my thing. I remember talking about it once or twice. But no, they said, they, they said, You've been on that thing for months. I didn't even realize God was establishing this in me. Do you know that God wants to establish gratitude in all of his people? Just like in Paul, just like he's doing in me. I'm a long way off from this, but he started, he wants to establish gratitude in us. Do you want to guard the start? We guard the start by starting with gratitude. That's where we're going this morning. Start with gratitude. Start this new year. Start this new day. Start this new moment, this new season with gratitude, which is easy to say, right? I could, I could just pray and close this out, right? Start with gratitude. Yep. Pick up your paper. Start a gratitude list tomorrow morning. Except you'd fall off the wagon pretty quick probably. I have when I've tried that. Why? Because gratitude, when it's something we initiate, Gratitude doesn't last long. Gratitude is not an action of initiation. You know what gratitude is? Gratitude is an action of response. There's something that's got to come before gratitude, and it doesn't come from us. So let's back up. Before Paul says, we always thank God, you know what he says? Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I said Paul starts almost every letter with thanksgiving. You know what he starts every single letter with? Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If he's writing to encourage people, he starts with this. He's writing to challenge people, he starts with this. He's writing to call them out, call them up, equip them, affirm them. He starts with grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we could just say, well, he starts that all the time because that's his thing. Just like his, you know, intro. Just a turn of phrase he uses all the time. Maybe, you know what I think? I think it's there for a purpose. I think it's there because before God established thanksgiving in him, he established grace and peace. 
from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So before we can get to starting with gratitude this morning, I want to start with grace and peace. What does it mean to start with grace? Listen, first, grace and peace. Where does it come from? Not us. It comes from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So start with grace. What's grace? Grace is unmerited favor. You've heard that definition, right? Unmerited favor. It means receiving good things that you don't deserve. And that's what it is, right? Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. It's a throne of grace. It's a throne you don't deserve to show up to. It's a throne that you don't deserve to get to. And yet, he smiles at you. He welcomes you in. He is pleased with you this morning in Jesus Christ. Listen, remember the story of Esther? There was all this mess going on with the, the people of Israel. And the only way to fix it was to go to the king. So Esther was the one who had to go before the king. The trouble was, if you went before the king and you weren't invited, you went before the king and he wasn't pleased with you, He'd kill you. And it was under threat of death that Esther went before the king. The author of Hebrews tells us, you get to go before the king, but it's not under the threat of death. It's under the promise of life. It's under the grace, the invitation, the welcome of God Almighty. Listen, he is pleased with you this morning in Jesus Christ. Do you know that? doesn't mean he's pleased with everything you did. Everything you did this, this last year, you're saying God is pleased with all of that? No, I'm saying his pleasure doesn't have to do with what you did. His pleasure has to do with what Jesus has done. Romans 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We quote that all the time. Romans 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but that's not a complete sentence. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. By the work and redemption of Jesus Christ, we are justified. We are pleasing in his sight, in our identity in Jesus Christ. And so when we say, start with grace, it start with this awareness that he is pleased with you. But there's more. It's, it's not just a smile from a king. It's not just a welcome from the king. His power is available to you. Look at this. Let, let us then approach God's throne with, of grace, with confidence, Right? We can approach because he is pleased with us. We are welcomed into his presence so that we may receive mercy and find what? Grace. To help in our time of need. You know what Paul says in 2 Corinthians? He prayed for a thorn to be removed from his life, suffering of some kind to be removed from his life. He prayed three times for it to be removed. And God every time said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Do you know grace is more than just a smile, more than just a welcome? That, that's great from God Almighty that he is pleased with us, but when I need help, when I am weak, I need power. And God says my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. 
Ephesians 2, God made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, it has been, it is by grace you have been saved. Listen, when we were dead, a smile and a welcome would not have done a thing. The redemptive power of God Almighty through Jesus Christ made us alive. And that same power of grace is available to us today. Listen, this knocks out one of the biggest blocks of gratitude in our lives, in my life and your life, because one of the biggest blocks of gratitude in my life is responsibility. I wake up in the morning, and you know why I don't start grateful? Because I'm so darn responsible. I just wake up, and, and after, it's, it's been six, seven hours, and nothing has gotten done at all. On a good night, it's maybe been eight hours, nine hours. Nothing at all worthwhile has happened because I'm responsible. Because I'm the one in charge. And if I'm not doing it, nothing gets done. And you know, the way, how about you? Do you wake up like me? Because I wake up so many times and I don't start with gratitude because there is so much to do and nothing has gotten done and it all falls on me. Do you know that's a lie? It doesn't fall on you. It doesn't fall on me. It's grace. It's him. The, the fact that his pleasure is on you. Listen, when you wake up in the morning, before you're, you, are, you are still wiping sleep from your eyes, you have not gotten a, a thing done. Do you know he is still pleased with you? Because his pleasure has nothing to do with how much you've gotten done or haven't gotten done or done the right things or haven't done the right things. He is pleased period, through the person of Jesus Christ. Do you know, when you wake up in this morning, it doesn't depend on you. It depends on him, and he has been working this whole time. Eight hours have gone by when you're asleep, and do you know a whole lot has gotten done? Because his grace is still working. He is still present. He is still moving. He holds all things together and he's been holding them all together. He kept you breathing and your heart beating. All those hours while you were asleep, that's grace. He's been working that whole time. He never went to sleep when you did. And so his grace is there the moment you wake up. And you don't have to be responsible. Start with grace. Let me ask you, do you see it? Start with grace. Do you see his grace in your life? This very breath that you receive is grace. The thousand heartbeats, the hundred thousand heartbeats that have, your heart has beat just today. It's all grace. It's all him sustaining you by his power. And if he continues to sustain you, he has more to do in your life. He who has begun a good work this wasn't a work you were responsible for. It wasn't a work you started. It was a work that he is responsible for and he has started. And guess what? He is going to be faithful to complete it. Where do you see, need to see God's grace this morning? Because if you have trouble starting with gratitude, it starts with seeing grace. So we start with grace and we start with peace. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We start with peace. 
Last month when I preached, I talked about peace, and I said peace is relationship, is un, uh, unbroken relationship with God, with self, and with others. Yeah, it is. But, but let's not ignore the effects of that peace. Look at what Jesus says in John 14. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What's the kind of peace that he gives? It's a peace of the experience, the actual lived out right now experience of an untroubled, unafraid heart no matter the circumstances. Do you believe that's possible? Right now in your circumstances, whatever you are facing, do you know that an untroubled, unafraid heart is possible? And in fact, it's offered to you. It comes from God, our Father, and Jesus Christ. How do I know it's possible? Well, because in John 14, Jesus says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Wait a minute, do you know what Jesus is about to go through really shortly? Two hours from the moment he says this, he's going to be sweating blood and then betrayed by the kiss of a best friend. Eight or ten hours after this, he's going to be on trial, multiple trials for his life. Twelve hours after this, he's going to be beaten, whipped, scourged, bloody, stripped bare, mocked, spit on. Twenty hours later, after this moment, He's going to be hanging on a cross, suffering the worst physical suffering that any human has ever endured under the worst spiritual darkness that you and I, thank God, will never have to know because he endured that darkness. From this very moment, that's what he's headed towards. You'd think he would say to the disciples, do you know what I'm about to go through? I'm about to go through something really awful. Can 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 you encourage me? Can you give me some of your peace? Because you're not going to have to suffer like I'm going to suffer. But he doesn't. He says, my peace I give to you. Do you know an untroubled, unafraid heart is possible in your circumstances right now because it's his peace and not yours that he gives to you because he doesn't give like the world gives His peace is not rooted in circumstances. You know what it's rooted in? It's rooted in right relationship with his father. He says a couple verses after this. How can he have peace with what he's headed towards? He says a couple verses right after this. I love the father and I do whatever he commands. Because I know God has led me to this moment, I can have peace no matter what the circumstances. Because God is in control of all of this, And he has allowed this to happen. Do you know that all these awful circumstances that you might be facing in your life right now, he has allowed it in his sovereignty. Do you know his pleasure is still on you? His grace is still towards you. And he has still allowed this. If you're facing an awful circumstance, yeah, he's allowed this in your life. And he's still good. That means you can have peace even if this is in the midst of your life because he's still good, even though the circumstances aren't. You can experience an untroubled and unafraid heart no matter the circumstances. This is this is combats another big block to gratitude. Because one of the biggest blocks to gratitude in our lives is not just responsibility, it's fear. 
Like, I, I have so much trouble being grateful when I'm afraid. You know how many times I wake up in the morning and I try to start a new day where his mercies are sp- supposed to be new, are new, but I don't realize it? And you know what I am? I'm just plain afraid. Man, there's so much to do. I don't know how it's all going to get done. There are so many things wrong right now, and I don't know how they're going to be made right. And I'm just so afraid, and it's hard to be grateful when you're afraid. But because the God is the God of all grace, his power is for us, his pleasure is on us, and he has permitted this into our lives. He, we can trust that he oversees all of this and still have peace. What does this look like? You know, I heard the story one time of a, a missionary family that was on furlough, and they were, they were vacationing by this, uh, at this cabin in the lake, uh, by lake. Cabin wasn't in the lake. That'd be, that wouldn't be much of a vacation. It was next to a lake. But the, but the missionary and his family were there, and the kids were there, and he had a, he had a four-year-old son. And they would wander down and they would sit at the dock and watch the sunset over the lake and watch the boats pass on the lake. And one time, the four-year-old son wandered down there by himself. They just turned their back for a minute. The parents just turned their back for a minute. And all of a sudden, the son was gone into the lake. So the father dived down into the water and he looked for him. And he couldn't find him. He had to come back up for breath. He still couldn't find him fear gripping his heart. He, he went down again to find where his son was. And you know what? He found him. You know where he found him? He found him eight feet under the water, clutching the post that holds up the dock. And he was just there with his eyes closed, clutching that post. The father, the father rescued him, pulled him out of the water. They made sure his lungs were clear. They made sure he was healthy. And, and, and after everything was taken care of, all the hugs and all the kisses and all the, oh, thank God, prayers of gratitude, the, the father turned to the son. He said, son, what were you doing down there? And the son said, I was just waiting on you, dad. Just waiting on you. You say, well, that's not really responsible. Teach the kid to swim. He should have been flailing. That wasn't very good. Listen to me. You are in all sorts of circumstances right now that there is no way you can swim your way out of. 2024 is going to bring a flood of situations that you will drown in on your own. Will you wait on him? Will you wait on him? Because you can't swim your way out of it. That's the kind of peace that he offers. An untroubled and an unafraid heart, no matter the circumstances. So listen, start with peace. Do you ask for it? Do you ask for peace? Do you know what I do with my fear? A lot of times, I wallow in it. It feels good to wallow in fear. I mean, it doesn't feel good, but I I want to, because what else am I going to do? I'm just going to turn it over again and again and again into my mind, because that's how I stay in control, right? What good does that do? Nothing. Just fools us into thinking that we're in control. What I've got to do is ask for his peace. Open my grip and actually be willing to set down this train of thought of worry and of fear and of the what ifs and let go of that train of thought and ask for his peace even in the midst of this. Start with peace. Do you ask for it? And finally, start with, start with gratitude. Start with gratitude. This is what Paul says. We always thank God. Nearly every letter he starts after grace and peace. He starts with gratitude. Now that God has given 
has initiated with his grace and his peace. Now that we've seen it, now that we've asked for it, it opens the way, it opens the pathway for us to actually really start with gratitude. This is what Paul says. We always thank God because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The gospel is bearing fruit and growing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Listen, gratitude is the response of an aware heart being transformed by the gospel. An aware heart that sees grace, that asks for peace, and that is transformed by that grace and peace, transformed by the gospel at work in us. That's where gratitude comes from. It's that, it's that action of response. So look at, look at what Paul's thankful for. Like when I say start with gratitude, what does your mind go to? When you go to start a gratitude list uh, later today or tomorrow, when you look back on this year and start with the things to be grateful for and begin to list them all out, what's going to go on that list? Look at Paul's list. Notice what he doesn't say. He, he doesn't thank God for their health. He doesn't thank God for their income level. He doesn't thank God for their job security. He doesn't thank God for the food on the, Coloss- the, the Colossians table. He doesn't thank God for their good grades. He doesn't thank him for their traveling mercies. He doesn't thank him for the, the hedge of protection that stood up against everything that went on. Paul doesn't thank him for a test that was passed. He doesn't thank him for family or friends. He doesn't thank him that he made it to graduation or retirement. Now listen, none of those things are bad to be thankful for. But Paul doesn't thank God for that. What does he thank God for? Faith in Christ. That's being told about all over the world. And love for people. Are we thankful for that? Are we thankful for that? I I mean, we can list out all these physical things that we're thankful for. Yes, be thankful for all of those things. For health and good grades and family and friends and anything good in your life, be thankful to the giver of all good gifts because it's all from him. But beyond that, are we thankful for what really actually matters? A faith in Christ. A love for others. Lives being transformed by the gospel. Gratitude is response of an aware heart being transformed by the gospel. And it's gratitude in no, ma- no matter what the circumstances are. It, when we recognize the grace that God has for us, the peace that's available to us, it enables us to be, it opens the way for us to be gra- grateful in all circumstances, no matter what the circumstances. And, and it defeats one of the biggest enemies of gratitude, and it's this lack. The biggest enemy to starting your day, your season, your year, this moment with gratitude is the lack that you feel in your life. Does anybody feel lack? I mean, you look around at your life and do you see everything that's missing? Do you see everything that could be better? Everything that's not fixed that should be fixed, you think? Man, and if we had to list it out, you know what's a lot easier than a list of great things to be grateful for? A list of things that we lack. So how do we fight that? How do we fight that? How do we start with gratitude? So a couple months back, I was, God was bringing this to my attention that I need to start with gratitude, that I need to start every day with gratitude. And so it was a Sunday night. 
that I said, you know what, this week I need to start every day with gratitude. And I woke up Monday morning. Woke up early Monday morning. I go to this early, crazy early morning workout on Mondays, and I drive up 83 to get there, like 20 minutes away. And I was driving to this crazy early morning workout. It starts at 5.30, so it's like 5.15 in the morning. And I'm driving up 83, and I'm being grateful to God, right? And then thump, thump. Oh, thump, 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 And I pull over to the side of the road, and I get out. Sure enough, front left tire, flat. I ran over something. I don't know what. Didn't see it in time. Flat tire. Am I going to choose gratitude? Okay. I got 10 minutes. I can still change the tire. I can still get to the workout on time, I think. I turn around to go to the trunk to get the stuff to change the tire, and I look at the back tire, and it's flat too. So I call AAA. Boy, am I grateful for AAA. So you just got to choose what to be grateful for, right? Not grateful for the flat tires, except maybe I'm grateful for AAA. Maybe I'm grateful that uh, even though I had to sit there for two hours in the morning until the tow truck came, you know what? I was dressed for an outdoor workout at 5.30 in the morning. I was already dressed warm. I had my coffee with me. And I had a God who was welcoming me and inviting me to gratitude. Because this moment, that very moment, no matter the circumstances, that very moment was an opportunity to practice gratitude no matter the circumstances. See, when we are actually have eyes to see the grace that God has given us, when we actually ask for the peace that's available to us, we're able to see that every moment is an opportunity to practice gratitude. Do you know what else we're able to see? That every moment is a purpose. That is hard to see when things are not going well, right? Things going wrong in my family. You know what was tough for me about becoming a dad? Because up until that point in life, my dad was where the buck stopped. If there was something I didn't know, I went to dad. If there was something I needed help on, I went to dad. Didn't matter if I was in my 20s and my 30s and early married. Like, I went to dad. Because dad was where the buck stopped. Dad had the responsibility. Dad knew. And I could go to him. And then I went and had kids. Well, my wife had kids, but I helped. <laughs> and guess where the buck stopped in my family? All of a sudden, it stopped with me. Oh, I don't like it so much anymore. Now, now, when there's a problem with the car, guess who they go to? Dad. When we're worried about finances, guess who they go to? Dad. When they got a question about whatever it is that they've got a question about, they go to dad. Guess where the buck stops? It stops, it stops with me now. Man, I was like, I had so much trouble stepping into the, to being a dad in this way. I don't want that responsibility. Frankly, I, I don't want that way. Go ask somebody else. I don't know. And then God up and showed me something. Do you know what he showed me? He says, I made you a dad. Th this question that they have, you're wired to answer this. You know who you went to? You went to dad. Are you going to give your kids that same experience? Do you know what made you feel, who made you feel safe in life when you couldn't see me? Your dad that you could see. God said to me, listen, the reason there's this problem that they're coming to you with is 
because you're wired for this. I made you for this. I made you a dad. And all of a sudden, every time my kids had an issue and came to me, every time my wife had an issue and came to me, all of a sudden, when I'm able to look at it like that, every single one of those times is an opportunity to walk in the purpose God gave me. To not not waste my life, but actually step up into what he called me to step up into. So, listen, when you look around your life and see the unfinished work, the things that are wrong that you see are so wrong and they should be right, do you ever think that this might be an opportunity that God is inviting you to walk in the purpose that he gave you? He gave you eyes to see it because he's going to give you the grace to work in it. Because he has wired you and called you for this. So listen, where are you at this morning? You're going to practice gratitude. We start with gratitude. Here's my question. Do you practice it? Do you practice it at every opportunity? Every opportunity, it doesn't feel like you have a choice. You have a choice to choose gratitude. To use it as an opportunity to practice gratitude. To use it as an opportunity to recognize why God puts you in this day with these people in this moment to walk in purpose. Do you practice gratitude? Because God longs to establish gratitude in us. Colossians, later in Colossians it says this. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Keep on praying. And it says this. Guard your prayers with thanksgiving. I mean, I mean, you think God wants to establish gratitude in us, and we know that because, because it says elsewhere in Scripture, Paul says in Philippians, do everything with gratitude. With thankful hearts. Sure, I'm going to do it all with gratitude. Absolutely. But, but here he gives us a different purpose for gratitude. He says, keep on praying and guard your prayers with thanksgiving. It actually guards your prayers. It actually protects your prayers. It actually protects your start. It actually protects you from being that one degree off. Guard with thanksgiving. Will you start with gratitude? So how's this landing for you this morning? God has given you grace. Do you see it? God offers you peace. Do you ask for it? He challenges us. He wants to establish gratitude in us. Do you practice it? I just want to invite us at the start of this year to guard this start. Guard it with thanksgiving in our hearts. And let's just in, in, initiate this time of New Year's with a time of prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord God, I thank you that you are a God who calls us. Calls us to your throne room. God, I thank you that you invite us into a place we don't deserve. That you welcome us with your pleasure. And because of the finished work of Jesus Christ in our lives, that you are pleased with your children. Lord, we ask in this moment that you would open our eyes to your grace. Help us to see your grace in our lives that we haven't had eyes for this year. Open our eyes to the grace that you offer us. The pleasure 
that you look on us with, the power that you offer us in our lives that we were not aware of this morning. God, open our eyes so that we might see your grace. God, we ask for your peace this morning. Lord, you promise to give us your peace. We ask for it and say yes and amen. We ask for the lived experience of an untroubled heart, no matter what circumstances we're walking in this morning. And God, we bring before you as we reflect on this last year, as we reflect on this day, Where we are at in our lives, we want to start this moment, this new, with gratitude. Lord, make us a grateful people. When we're prone to choose fear, when we're prone to look at all the lack in our lives, God, give us eyes to see all that you have given us, all that you have provided, and the opportunity right now to practice following you in gratitude. Lord, we offer up this next year to you. We recognize that this is a new, fresh start, not because the calendar page is new, but because your mercies are new. Lord, I lift up every heart in this room, every mind, as we long for a new start in any area of our lives. I thank you that it is possible. Only and always through your grace. We love you, Lord. And God, we ask that you would enable us to walk as grateful people. It's in your name that we pray, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Would you stand grace with me and worship him one more time?